0: Hello there, and welcome to this episode of Down to Sleep. This is a podcast of softly spoken stories and audiobooks to help you get a good night's rest. If you enjoy bedtime stories, or maybe you just need some noise to help you drift off at night, this is the podcast for you. If it's your first time here, welcome, and if you've been here before, welcome back. It's good to see you. I hope that you enjoyed tonight's reading of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. If you would like to hear more of this book, please do let me know in a comment, And give this podcast a positive review. If you have found this podcast useful and you would like to support it, you can get rewards by joining me on Patreon at patreon.com slash down to sleep. You get access to two new readings every single week as the podcast continues, as well as access to every single reading so far, which is currently over 160 readings. There are also complete and full audiobooks to download read by me, such as Coraline and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and many more. I hope that you enjoy this podcast and find it useful. Enjoy. Chapter 1. Here comes Charlie. These two very old people are the father and mother of Mr. Bucket. Their names are Grandpa Joe and Grandma Josephine. And these two very old people are the father and mother of Mrs. Bucket, Their names are Grandpa George and Grandma Georgina. This is Mr. Bucket. This is Mrs. Bucket. Mr. and Mrs. Bucket have a small boy whose name is Charlie Bucket. This is Charlie. How do you do? And how do you do? He is pleased to meet you. The whole of this family, the six grown-ups, count them, and little Charlie Bucket, lived together in a small wooden house on the edge of a great town. The house wasn't nearly large enough for so many people, and life was extremely uncomfortable for them all. There were only two rooms in the place altogether, and there was only one bed. The bed was given to the four old grandparents because they were so old and tired. They were so tired, they never got out of it. Grandpa Joe and Grandma Josephine on this side. Grandpa George and Grandma Georgina on this side. Mr. and Mrs. Bucket and Little Charlie Bucket slept in the other room, upon mattresses on the floor. In the summertime, this wasn't too bad, but in the winter, freezing cold draughts blew across the floor all night long, and it was awful. There wasn't any question of them being able to buy a better house, or even one more bed to sleep in. They were far too poor for that. Mr. Bucket worked in a toothpaste factory, where he sat all day long at a bench and screwed the little caps onto the tops of the tubes of toothpaste after the tubes had been filled. But a toothpaste cap-screwer is never paid very much money, and poor Mr. Bucket, however hard he worked, however fast he screwed on the caps, was never able to make enough to buy one half of the things that so large a family needed. There wasn't even enough money to buy proper food for them all. The only meals that they could afford were bread and margarine for breakfast, boiled potatoes and cabbage for lunch, and cabbage soup for supper. Sundays were a bit better. They all looked forward to Sundays because then, although they had exactly the same, everyone was allowed. A second helping. The buckets, of course, didn't starve. But every one of them, the two old grandfathers, the two old grandmothers, Charlie's father, Charlie's mother, and especially little Charlie himself, went about from morning till night with a horrible, empty feeling in their tummies. Charlie felt it worst of all, And although his father and mother often went without their own share of lunch or supper so they could give it to him, it still wasn't nearly enough for a growing boy. He desperately wanted something more filling and satisfying than cabbage and cabbage soup. The one thing that he longed for more than anything else was chocolate. Walking to school in the mornings, Charlie could see great slabs of chocolate piled up high in the shop windows. He would stop and stare and press his nose against the glass, his mouth watering like mad. Many times a day, he would see other children taking bars of creamy chocolate out of their pockets and munching them greedily. And that, of course, was pure torture. Only once a year, on his birthday, did Charlie Bucket ever get to taste a bit of chocolate. The whole family saved up their money for that special occasion, and when the great day arrived, Charlie was always presented with one small chocolate bar to eat all by himself. And each time he received it, on those marvellous birthday mornings, he would place it carefully in a small wooden box that he owned, and treasure it as though it were a bar of solid gold. For the next few days, he would allow himself only to look at it, but never to touch it. Then at last, when he could stand it no longer, he would peel back a tiny bit of the paper, wrapping at one corner, to expose a tiny bit of chocolate, and then he would take a tiny nibble,
1: just enough
0: to allow the lovely, sweet taste to spread out slowly over his tongue. The next day, he would take another tiny nibble, and so on, and so on. And in this way, Charlie would make his sixpenny bar of birthday chocolate last him for more than a month. But I haven't told you yet about the one awful thing that tortured Little Charlie, the lover of chocolate more than anything else. This thing for him was far, far worse than seeing slabs of chocolate in the shop windows or watching other children munching bars of creamy chocolate in front of him. It was the most terrible, torturing thing that you could imagine. And it was this. In the town itself, actually within sight of the house in which Charlie lived, there was an enormous chocolate factory. Just imagine that. And it wasn't simply an ordinary enormous chocolate factory either. It was the largest and most famous in the whole world. It was Wonka's Factory owned by a man called Mr. Willy Wonka, the greatest inventor and maker of chocolates that there has ever been. And what a tremendous, marvellous place it was. It had huge iron gates leading into it, and a high wall surrounding it, and smoke belching from its chimneys, and strange whizzing sounds coming from deep inside it. And outside the walls, for half a mile around it, in every direction, the air was scented with the heavy, rich smell of melting chocolate. Twice a day on his way to and from school, little Charlie Bucket had to walk right past the gates of the factory, and every time he went by, he would begin to walk very, very slowly. And he would hold his nose high in the air and take long, deep sniffs of the gorgeous chocolatey smell all around him. Oh, how he loved that smell! And oh, how he wished he could go inside the factory and see what it was like. Chapter 2 Mr. Willy Wonka's Factory in the evenings, after he had finished his supper of watery cabbage soup, Charlie always went into the room of his four grandparents to listen to their stories and afterwards to say good night. Every one of these old people was over ninety. They were as shriveled as prunes and as bony as skeletons, and throughout the day, until Charlie made his appearance, they lay huddled in their one bed, two at either end, with nightcaps on to keep their heads warm, dozing the time away with nothing to do. But as soon as they heard the door opening, and heard Charlie's voice saying, good evening Grandpa Joe, and Grandma Josephine, and Grandpa George, and Grandma Georgina, all four of them would suddenly sit up, their old wrinkled faces would light up with smiles of pleasure, and the talking would begin. For they loved this little boy. He was the only bright thing in their lives, and his evening visits were something that they looked forward to all day long. Often, Charlie's mother and father would come in as well, and stand by the door listening to the stories that the old people told. And thus, for perhaps half an hour every night, This room would become a happy place, and the whole family would forget that it was hungry and poor. One evening, when Charlie went in to see his grandparents, he said to them, Is it really true that Wonka's Chocolate Factory is the biggest in the world? True, cried all four of them at once. Of course it's true. Good heavens, didn't you know that? It's about fifty times as big as any other. And is Mr. Willy Wonka really the cleverest chocolate maker in the world? My dear boy, said Grandpa Joe, raising himself up a little higher on his pillow, Mr. Willy Wonka is the most amazing, the most fantastic, the most extraordinary chocolate maker the world has ever seen. I thought everybody knew that. I knew he was famous, Grandpa Joe, And I I knew he was very clever. Clever, cried the old man. He's more than that. He's a magician with chocolate. He can make anything. Anything he wants. Isn't that a fact, my dears? The other three old people nodded their heads slowly up and down and said, Absolutely true. Just as true as can be. And Grandpa Joe said, You mean to say... I've never told you about Mr. Willy Wonka in his factory. Never," answered little Charlie. "Good heavens above. I don't know what's the matter with me. Will you tell me now, Grandpa Joe? Please." "I certainly will. Sit down beside me on the bed, my dear, and listen carefully." Grandpa Joe was the oldest of the four grandparents. He was ninety-six and a half, and that is just about as old as anybody can be. Like most extremely old people, he was delicate and weak, and throughout the day he spoke very little. But in the evenings, when Charlie, his beloved grandson, was in the room, he seemed in some marvelous way to grow quite young again. All his tiredness fell away from him, and he became as eager and excited as a young boy. Oh, what a man he is, this Mr. Willy Wonka, cried Grandpa Joe. Did you know, for example, he has invented himself more than two hundred new kinds of chocolate bars, each with a different centre, each far sweeter and creamier and more delicious than anything the other chocolate factories can make? Perfectly true, cried Grandma Josephine, and he sends them to all the four corners of the earth. Isn't that so, Grandpa Joe? It is, my dear, it is, and to all the rulers of the world as well. But it isn't only chocolate bars that he makes, oh dear me, no. He has some really fantastic inventions up his sleeve, Mr. Willy Wonka has. Did you know? he's invented a way of making chocolate ice cream "'so that it stays cold for hours and hours "'without being in the refrigerator. "'You can even leave it lying in the sun all morning "'on a hot day and it won't go runny.' "'But that's impossible,' said little Charlie, "'staring at his grandfather. "'Of course it's impossible,' cried Grandpa Joe. "'It's completely absurd. "'But Mr. Willy Wonka has done it.' quite right, the others agreed, nodding their heads. Mr. Wonka has done it. And then again, Grandpa Joe went on speaking very slowly now, so that Charlie wouldn't miss a word. Mr. Willy Wonka can make marshmallows that taste of violets, and rich caramels that change color every ten seconds as you suck them little feathery sweets that melt away deliciously the moment you put them between your lips. He can make chewing gum that never loses its taste, and sugar balloons that you can blow up to enormous sizes before you pop them with a pin and gobble them up. And by a most secret method, he can make lovely bluebird's eggs with black spots on them, And when you put one of these in your mouth, it gradually gets smaller and smaller, until suddenly there is nothing left except a tiny little pink sugary baby bird sitting on the tip of your tongue. Grandpa Joe paused and ran the point of his tongue slowly over his lips. It makes my mouth water just thinking about it, he said. Mine too, said little Charlie, but please go on. While they were talking, Mr. and Mrs. Bucket, Charlie's mother and father, had come quietly into the room, and now both were standing just inside the door, listening. "'Tell Charlie about that ridiculously rich Indian prince,' said Grandma Josephine. "'He'd like to hear that.' "'You mean Prince Puducherry?' said Grandpa Joe, and he began chuckling with laughter. "'What did he do?' asked Charlie eagerly. Listen, said Grandpa Joe, and I'll tell you. Chapter 3 Mr. Wonka and the Indian Prince Prince Puducherry wrote a letter to Mr. Willy Wonka, said Grandpa Joe, and asked him to come all the way out to India and build him a colossal palace entirely out of chocolate. Did Mr. Wonka do it, Grandpa? He did indeed. And what a palace it was! It had one hundred rooms, and everything was made of either dark or light chocolate. The bricks were chocolate, the cement holding them together was chocolate, the windows were chocolate, and all the walls and ceilings were made of chocolate. So were the carpets, and the pictures, and the furniture, and the beds. And when you turned on the taps in the bathroom, hot chocolate came pouring out. When it was all finished, Mr. Wonka said to Prince Puducherry, I warn you, though, it won't last very long, so you'd better start eating it right away. Nonsense, shouted the prince. I'm not going to eat my palace. I'm not even going to nibble the staircase or lick the walls. I'm going to live in it. But Mr. Wonka was right, of course, because soon after this, there came a very hot day with a boiling sun, and the whole palace began to melt, and then it sank slowly to the ground. And the prince, who was dozing in the living room at the time, woke up to find himself swimming around in a huge brown sticky lake of chocolate. Little Charlie sat very still on the edge of the bed, staring at his grandfather. Charlie's face was bright, and his eyes were stretched so wide that you could see the whites all around. Is all this really true, he asked, or are you pulling my leg? It's true, cried all four of the old people at once. Of course it's true, ask anyone you like. And I'll tell you something else that's true, said Grandpa Joe. He leaned closer to Charlie and lowered his voice to a soft, secret whisper. Nobody ever comes out. Out of where? asked Charlie. And nobody ever goes in. In where? asked Charlie. Wonka's factory, of course. Grandpa, what do you mean? I mean workers, Charlie. Workers? All factories, said Grandpa Joe, have workers streaming in and out of the gates in the mornings and evenings, except Wonker's. Have you ever seen a single person going into that place or coming out? Little Charlie looked slowly around at each of the four old faces, one after the other. They all looked back at him. They were friendly, smiling faces, but they were also quite serious. There was no sign of joking or leg-pulling on any of them. Well, have you? asked Grandpa Joe. I... I really don't know, Grandpa. Grandpa. "'Charlie stammered. "'Whenever I walk past the factory, the, the gates seem to be closed.' "'Exactly,' said Grandpa Joe. "'But there must be people working there. "'Not people, Charlie. "'Not ordinary people, anyway.' "'Then who?' cried Charlie. ah uh-huh. "'That's it, you see. "'That's another of Mr. Willy Wonka's clevernesses.' "'Charlie, dear,' Mrs. Bucket called out from where she was standing by the door. It's time for bed. That's enough for tonight. But, Mother, I must hear. Tomorrow, my darling. That's right, said Grandpa Joe. I'll tell you the rest of it tomorrow evening. Chapter 4 The Secret Workers The next evening, Grandpa Joe went on with his story. You see, Charlie, he said... Not so very long ago, there used to be thousands of people working in Mr. Willy Wonka's factory. Then one day, all of a sudden, Mr. Wonka had to ask every single one of them to leave, to go home, never to come back. But why? asked Charlie. Because of spies. Spies? Yes, all the other chocolate makers, you see. They had begun to grow jealous of the wonderful sweets that Mr. Wonka was making, and they started sending in spies to steal his secret recipes. The spies took jobs in the Wonka factory, pretending that they were ordinary workers. But while they were there, each one of them found out exactly how a certain special thing was made. Did they go back to their own factories and tell? asked Charlie. They must have. "'answered Grandpa Joe. "'Cause soon after that, "'Fickle Gruber's factory started making an ice cream "'that would never melt, even in the hottest sun. "'Then Mr. Prodnose's factory came out with a chewing gum "'that never lost its flavour, however much you chewed it. "'And then Mr. Slugworth's factory began making sugar balloons "'that you could blow up to huge sizes "'before you popped them with a pin,' and gobbled them up, and so on, and so on. And Mr. Willy Wonka tore his beard and shouted, "'This is terrible. I shall be ruined. There are spies everywhere. I shall have to close the factory.' But he didn't do that, Charlie said. Oh, yes, he did. He told all the workers that he was sorry, but that they would have to go home. He shut the main gates and fastened them with a chain." suddenly Wonka's giant factory became silent and deserted. The chimney stopped smoking. The machines stopped whirring. And from then on, not a single chocolate or sweet was made. Not a soul went in or out. Even Mr. Willy Wonka himself disappeared completely. Months and months went by, but still the factory remained closed. And everybody said, Poor Mr Wonka, he was so nice, he made such marvellous things, but he's finished now, it's all over. Then something astonishing happened. One day, early in the morning, thin columns of white smoke were seen to be coming out the tops of the tall chimneys of the factory. People in the town stopped and stared. What's going on? they cried. Someone's lit the furnaces. Mr. Wonka must be opening up again. They ran to the gates, expecting to see them wide open and Mr. Wonka standing there to welcome his workers back. But no, the great iron gates were still locked and chained as securely as ever, and Mr. Wonka was nowhere to be seen. But the factory's working, the people shouted. Listen, you can hear the machines. They're all whirring again. You can smell the smell of melting chocolate in the air. Grandpa Joe leaned forward and laid a long, bony finger on Charlie's knee. And he said softly, But most mysterious of all, Charlie, were the shadows in the windows of the factory. The people standing on the street outside could see small shadows moving about behind the frosted glass windows. Shadows of whom? said Charlie quickly. That's exactly what everybody else wanted to know. The place is full of workers, they shouted, but nobody's gone in. The gates are locked. It's bizarre. Nobody ever comes out. But there was no question at all, said Grandpa Joe the factory was running, and it's gone on running ever since, for the last ten years. What's more, the chocolates and the sweets that it's been turning out have become more fantastic and delicious all the time. And of course, now when Mr. Wonka invents some new wonderful sweet, neither Mr. Ficklegruber nor Mr. Prod knows nor Mr. Slugworth nor anybody else is able to copy it. No spies can go into the factory to find out how it is made. But Grandpa, who, cried Charlie, who is Mr. Wonka using to do all the work in the factory? Nobody knows, Charlie. But that's absurd. Hasn't someone asked Mr. Wonka? Nobody sees him anymore. He never comes out. The only things that come out of that place are chocolates and sweets. They come out through a special trapdoor in the wall, packed and addressed. They're picked up every day by post office trucks. But Grandpa, what sort of people are they that work in there? My dear boy, said Grandpa Joe. That is one of the great mysteries of the chocolate-making world. We know only one thing about them. They are very small. The faint shadows that sometimes appear behind the windows, especially late at night when the lights are on, are those of tiny people. People no taller than my knee. Tell me more about these people, Charlie said. Just then, Mr. Bucket, Charlie's father, came into the room. He was home from the toothpaste factory. He was waving an evening newspaper rather excitedly. Have you heard the news, he cried. He held up the newspaper so they could see the huge headline. The headline said, Wonka Factory, to be opened at last to lucky few. And that is where we close the book tonight on this episode of Down to Sleep. I hope you're already fast asleep and having amazing dreams, but if you're still hearing my voice, go ahead and follow up another episode or rewind this one, and take a nice deep breath, and keep trying. It can be very frustrating to not be able to get to sleep when you want to or feel like you should be. I hope that you're not being too hard on yourself. I will be here with you reading as many stories as you like every step of the way. We have plenty of free episodes here wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, Google, and I hope that you will find this podcast useful, that it will help you get the sleep that you deserve. On Patreon is where I continue books that, for copyright reasons, I wouldn't be able to put out for free in the public, so if you would like to hear stuff like Jurassic Park, Twilight, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Continued, The Lord of the Rings and also getting to vote on what book I read next, then please do consider joining me on Patreon at patreon.com slash sleep The sleepy book club that we have there is waiting for you, and it really does help keep this podcast going, and is kind of the best way to experience it and get all of the episodes and hear everything first. With that being said, thank you so much for being here and listening to the free version. I hope that you find it useful, wherever you are in the world. I am wishing you all the best, and the best of sleeps. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you are listening to never miss an episode. These free episodes currently air every single Monday. I would love to have you join us for as many episodes as you wish. Until then, all that's left for me to do is to say thank you for listening, and good night.